is Kim Angley with Spoken For because I am spoken for by God. I am chosen and when you accept Christ, if you accept Christ, you are chosen too. You are spoken for as well. So, even though that all sounded really corny, it's okay because I'll just own it and you are loved. And right now I am visiting a friend in the Hamptons <laughs> and I realized I had an hour to myself in the car. And what better time than to work and talk on my third episode for my podcast. And there's a lot of different topics I've been thinking about speaking about. However, I would really love to know what people my age who don't know Christ want to know, have questions about, uh, that sort of thing. And I also want to tackle a few things within the Christian community already. So I haven't decided completely what to even talk about in this episode, so I'm going to start off with praying, as I normally do. Dear Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Please give us today our daily bread. Thank you today. Thank you for our daily bread. Please forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Deliver us from all evil, God. We repent of our sins, known and unknown. And we give our heart to you to form and mold like clay because you are clay master and we are just the clay but some reason your unfathomable love doesn't make us just clay but your clay and that we get to be your clay and we get to have your love and we get to be yours God and we just thank you for that thank you for wanting to be mine Thank you for wanting to be yours. I don't know how to say it exactly. Holy Spirit, help me speak um, whatever it is on your heart. And honestly, I feel led to pray in the spirit right now. I don't know if you're familiar with what that is, if you're listening, but basically the gist of it is that Holy Spirit, which is God, there's three parts. There's, there's Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit represents the Spirit within us when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. We are baptized in the Spirit. He guides us. He protects us. He teaches us. He is with us to deliver people, to heal people. 
and so on and so on to reveal. And so a lot of times we all, I say we all, but I believe we get caught up in our words. And so God has provided tongues to pray, the Holy Spirit to pray and intercede for things we do not know. And it sounds like gibberish and it might sound kind of cult-like and creepy, but I promise you, things break, chains break when it happens, and I've seen it done. So I'm going to do that now, and it's kind of taking a lot of vulnerability from me, but Holy Spirit, take over my mouth, take over my tongue, and speak and intercede for your people. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I the in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So a little bit about me. I don't know if you've listened to the two other episodes. I just feel, well, actually, I know so. That there used to be like a muzzle on my mouth. And it's still very difficult for me to even add volume, even though I have a theater degree and, and know how to produce diction within my mouth and have been trained to have a powerful stage voice. Because that muzzle was on me for so long. And God, I believe, even had it there. Well, it was placed on me, and he was going to use it to transform me. And I believe I wasn't set free until his timing was correct, because it had completed the good. He had completed and turned it around for good. And that is the season. And it taught me a lot about other people to be observant, to be slow to speak, obviously. But when you're slow to speak, it's almost like you, when you're slow to speak for so long, for so many years, you you are alive and listening, because that is how you are alive. There's no other way to be alive. Your ears are alive. You're, it doesn't mean you are unactive with the person or people. It just means that your active listening becomes so much stronger, like a superpower and you hear people's thoughts under their thoughts. You feel their emotions and their micro expressions and macro expressions that you can read between lines that you possibly haven't before with emotional intelligence and logical intelligence and all the, all the way in between. Hold on one second.
I just wanted to make sure I was going the right way. Okay. You guys are sitting on my lap, by the way. <laughs> I'm not driving with my phone in my hand or anything like that. I'm just trying to speak out so you can hear me. <laughs> I just passed Church Street. So, I just attended, I have a small testimony I feel led to share right now. I attended a popcorn prophecy night uh, by Pastor Brooke on TikTok and received so many confirmations it was freaky. <laughs> it was things only God could know. It wasn't any information you could get off of my social media, even my TikTok, even though I'm so vulnerable with every little detail. These things that people mentioned in Popcorn Prophecy were things that I haven't told a lot of people about. And that this girl, I can clearly know, didn't know me. And you might say that's naive or ignorant, but it's God. To, to have someone who doesn't know you and speak of your past with such accuracy and detail, and to hear God's voice, I wish I would have recorded it. It was so beautiful, but out of respect, I did not want to <laughs> record anyone or anything. Um, because it has to be like a safe environment so we can all practice the fruit of prophecy and not feel judged in that safe environment that Brooke, Pastor Brooke sets a safe place for. And the girl had mentioned something about when I was younger and how I would hide in books and mentioned high school and during that time how I would go into my room and basically become alive in that book and escape. And I know that's a common thing, but I was like taking it overboard. That was my whole escape. I had books lined up across the walls. I must have had at least 2,000 books in my room. I was a dystopian YA romance slash action nerd. And I really liked dystopian novels because they always were going through such conflict that this usually female protagonist or male protagonist would have to overcome a force bigger than them, a government or a a group of people and you got to see the thoughts and feelings that they were feeling and you get to see usually them overcome those things and when I would escape into these books I didn't realize it then but they were really my lifeline they, a lot of it my hope was a lot of my personality was built upon those books and, you know, I'm proud of that. I think some of the best people, 
were people I had never met that someone had made up in a book. And although people are flawed and messy, those books that I was reading were also had characters that were anti-heroes in a way. They were flawed, they were messy, they were not perfect. And reading that and then reading how they got through to their own form of victory or freedom, even if it was not perfect the way that they wanted or the way that they intended. Like my first obvious book that comes to mind was Hunger Games and how Katniss and Peeta got split up during the end because Peeta had been, spoiler alert, <laughs> messed up with all of the things that they injected within him so that he wants to basically target Katniss as the enemy and can't remember the friendship that they built. And it was a bittersweet ending reading that. It was bittersweet because people died that were awesome in that book. And it, it allowed me to express grief that I couldn't express grief over the real people in my real life that weren't there or that had abandoned me or continually abandoned me or gaslighted me and it was lonely but comforting <laughs> and she mentioned this book detail and it was like an electric feeling down my spine that this is the this is the Lord speaking to me. I just knew that I knew that I knew. And I wish I had different, even more knowledge of what she was saying, but I think I was so in shock when she was speaking that I didn't grab much of what the details were. The details were a lot of confirmations as well. So maybe my brain just kind of like quickly accepted it as far as it was nothing completely new about what he discussed about in my future, about what he is to do through me and how he is going to use me and what he made me for. And there's just this moment I do remember now where she's like, you, you do know how special you are, right? And <laughs> Wow, now I'm realizing, lol. Um, that's kind of funny. Wow. Um, sorry. Different thought train. And she kept repeating it. And then she, she came back around again and said it again. And I just broke down like streams of tears, crying because I had, she, she mentioned people in my past who told me I was not good enough for that position my voice wasn't there yet, or I couldn't do this like that, and I wasn't equipped, I wasn't qualified. They wouldn't say it to my face outright, some of them, but it burned me in scars in ways that I don't even know if they know the impact that it had and the impact that words can have. And the impact that building someone up can have versus tearing someone down, even in silence, because like I said, I notice everything because I've been trained 
actively listening. That doesn't mean I've never spoken. But that I'm very, very careful about what I speak, when I speak. Because it was taken away from me. That's what it felt like. Like I was wearing a muzzle and someone else had the key. And no matter how much I clawed at my own mouth, no matter how much I choked with blood running down my mouth, there was nothing I could do to push past it because my it was a, it was a wound basically, and it was exactly it's exactly where God wants to use me the most. And I mean that's no shocker. <laughs> uh, where you get attacked the most is where you're most likely supposed to be having ministry, and. After I was breaking down, I remember her just saying how when I sing over the congregation, people are delivered and healed. That that is what my voice does just by pure singing. And that some those people in the past that didn't let you lead or didn't, or even the people now that won't let me lead or won't see me as that and just the past wounds and effects that it causes me. I just feel so bad about myself, even though I put in all the hours, I put in my whole heart. I have good intentions because I purify my intentions every day as much as I can. I mean, not every day because I'm not the perfect human, but I very, 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 very much so purify my heart continuously because that is what a worship pastor does. That is what a Christian who loves God does. That is like David, like going after God's own heart. And I've always been about his heart because I love his heart. And I was, this is what I really want. Oh yeah. Okay. He brought it back up. Um, not feeling fulfilled and content, but claiming by faith that I am content and I am fulfilled. Do I feel fulfilled? No. Do I feel content? No. And Holy Spirit very much spoke to me today, yesterday. The reason I don't feel fulfilled is because he hasn't fulfilled all the plans he has for me yet. He hasn't done what he wants to do through me and finished the good work in completion yet. Jeremiah 29, 11. I have plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And a future, like Esther. And the Christian who looks out the outside of a Christian struggling with something like this promise that you're given would say you're idolizing the, the promise over the promise maker. However, he showed me a deeper layer that that's not true for everyone. Always. Basically, he was saying for me right now, that was not true. That it was okay that I didn't feel content that I am hyper-focused on the promises because I want to complete his good will over my life 
and bring heaven down to earth. And we just prayed about it before because that's God's will. And the fact of it is, my will and his will are the same thing. And his will for me is very much connected to his heart. So when I can't complete his good and pleasing will, when there is a blockage, when it's not completed yet, there is such a longing, a yearning, a cry, a sorrow. When the door is locked and I can't do what he's asking me to do, his heart breaks within me. And he breaks doors wide open. And he even broke doors wide open with me in that room, offering me a leading position for worship. And it just goes to show, I can't get into that, but to, it's sad because for a person to finally, sorry, I have to, I have to pick a trail of thought and stick with it. Hold on. I just want to make sure I'm going the right way. 13. Um, my promises from God are very much so God's heart. And so to rip the two in half and say that you're idolizing the promise over the promise keeper is alive for my situation, for me. Not for everyone, not for everybody's promises, not for a spouse, blah, blah, blah. The promise, the promises that he gave me are very essential in propelling the will for his life that he wants me to do. And it breaks my heart, that's what I was saying, it breaks my heart when I can't do that because all I wanna do anything you know about me the only reason I am living by choice every single day is to please my heavenly father to I can't not I can't give up his love is too much his love is so much it's so full of grace it's so full of safety. It's so full of, I'm just remembering now that even one of the prophets in that room said, you're safe now. And you can really gauge the fruit and, you know, who are his people, that, that fruit of do people feel safe around you? <laughs> or are people intimidated? Are people saddened by the ignorance or arrogance that you put off? Do you even ask people? And that's not to take every opinion to heart. I just think it's really important. As if you're gonna if you're gonna define a leader for it to be for them to create safety and trust is a big part of safety for me trust that my god won't abandon me 
so I will not abandon him. My God would forgive me for all of these sins and even death. Neither death nor life can separate me from the love of God. That's a God you want to live and fight for. That's a God you want to serve. And that is my God who sacrificed everything on the cross when he walked the perfect, the perfect path for us. He became the way to be in union with him once again. But just as important as Jesus's will was to walk out with God, his good and pleasing will, I'm sure it would distress Jesus a lot. I'm not comparing my walk to Jesus's walk or will. Clearly, Jesus's will was the biggest will we will ever see walked out. And what I am saying is, blowing it up on a grander scale, if it helps you understand where I'm coming from. If Jesus didn't have his people, if he was locked in a room, literally, figuratively, if he couldn't do what was on God's heart and couldn't understand why, but gave it to him daily and gave him his heart and his sorrow and became strong in faith and God used it, did he want it? No, he wanted to be doing his will. But, but he, he will use the time to create an intimate relationship. But did it have to be that way? No. Could the door have opened? Yes. But he's patient. Even with, even when others don't want you there, whether it be jealousy, whether it be narcissism, that they think they have uh, upper hand, whether it be an arrogance because they have a degree, whether it be whatever it might be, whatever the, the crux of it is. And it can get in the way of opening the door for younger leaders who are already leading, but not validated by the older leaders, as they are, can, what it creates is lack of opportunities. And no one, especially not me, is going to keep throwing themselves at a closed, clearly a closed door, unless God kept propelling in their heart that this is what God wanted them to do. And it, it, it gave me more grit, it gave me more endurance, it gave me more hope and peace. But it's like being in labor for so many years and even trying to fight for myself and say, I want to lead and I want to do this 
takes every morsel and sell for me because of that insecurity of my voice is not as good as theirs. My timing is not as perfect as theirs. I'm not a leader like they are a leader. And they say I'm not capable. They say I'm not ready. They say this. They are right, probably, is what I'm thinking. And hearing a completely different voice disagree with me, which is, your timing is now. I've called you to do this. You are a leader, whether they say so or not. And I'm opening the door now. I'm forcing the door. You know how big a door he's about to open, which was spoken over me, that whoever listens will not be able to not listen, will not be able to not know that I am the Lord's and that I was meant to be doing it. And when I heard just this offer that she offered me, first of all, Pastor Brooke, shout out Pastor Brooke. Um, she's just this amazing woman of God who I've honestly have been has helped me so much in my growth. She is the leader that I want to be. And gives me courage of I can lead the way that I am meant to lead. And I don't have to sound like everybody else. And I don't have to fit into a qualified box like everybody else. I don't have to be male and 30 and have kids and have a husband in order to be taken, oh, oh, this one. I don't have to be old to be considered a leader because I'm a woman. And there's a need for younger women to be leaders, which they are. But so many times they were told they're not. So many times they said, this is not for you. So many times dreams that God have, has given them and asked them to fulfill, despite everything coming against them, they 